0: Greetings, adventures, and welcome to GNGGCast.
1: Welcome, everyone, to Good Night and Good Game, your geek news roundup for the week that was. I'm your host, James, and with me this week is our producer, Tony. Hello. And our co-host, Hector. Hello. And this week on the show, after the news, we're finally going to tackle Marvel's What If. Before we start, don't forget that you can head over to goodnight.gg, where, as a patron of our show, you can suggest topics for us to talk about. I just wanted to take a moment here to apologize to our listeners. Uh, to be perfectly honest, uh, I started a new job about three weeks ago, and I absolutely love it, but it's a lot to take in, so I haven't had as much time to do things like both refine the show and get the PT episode knocked out. I promise we are recording it soon. I just haven't had as much mental bandwidth as I was like, so I just want to say thank you to everybody who tunes in every week. You are the reason that we come back and do this you know, week to week and uh, why we do this. So, yes, thank you. Um, With all that out of the way, it is time for the Prelude. Prelude. All right, this is the Prelude. What we've been doing with ourselves this week. What we've been playing. What we've been watching. What's been occupying our free time. Hector, what are you doing this week? What have I been
0: doing this week? Good Lord. I wish I knew. Um, (laughs) Did I talk about inscription last time?
1: I don't know if he did. Mm. Do you did. I don't remember what the fuck I, any of us talked about last time. <laughs> okay. No, because we, we, we didn't did have, a, we didn't have a prelude last week. We didn't have a prelude last week. Right, because we were talking about horror movies.
0: That's right, horror movies. Okay, I apologize for not remembering the last week. I've had a very, very long week. I worked for nine hours on Sunday. Um, so anyway, uh, yes, there is a wonderful, wonderful indie game go- making the rounds right now, and it's l- under $20. It's called Inscription, spelled with a Y, Inscription. Yeah. Um, This is a game, an indie game, that is a CCG. It is entirely single player. You'll never play anyone else with these cards. Um, And the graphics look a lot... Like um, what you remember a PlayStation 1 game looking like. Mm. Now, this game is fucking wonderful. You start off outside of a cabin, end up entering with someone greeting you at the door without speaking to you. But you read the subtitles of their lines and you get this dark, ominous wah-wah when they talk. It's very cool, very spooky. It was my Halloween thing. Mm. So anyway, he invites you in, sits you down in front of a table, and explains... The, the game you're playing to you while passing his turn so you get a chance to like really see what the game is from start to finish. And one of the cards starts talking to you. Um, it has a personality. It has like wants and hopes of its own. Um, it tells you when you make a bad move and it's not always right. It's kind of a dick like that. <laughs> um, and if you get it killed, it's like, oh God, why? And, but I mean, it, the next time you play, it'll be back. Right. Because like, yeah, But but it has its own personality. You slowly realize while playing against this person, um, this uh, person playing the game against you, that he's more of a dungeon master than a card-playing opponent. Because he lays out a map in front of you, lets you pick your path, a lot like um, Slay the Spire. Okay. Where you're kind of picking your next your next uh thing that you want out of this map mm-hmm. um in your card game. So when you get to a boss, the person playing across from you will put on a mask and change the ambiance of the room and then start speaking to you in a different voice, and then the card game suddenly has a gimmick because he's a boss. It's okay. just it, there's so much <laughs> character to this. At some point, he bids you to get up. And you're like, what do you mean? And he like you press S. He says, press S. And you press S, like W-A-S-D on your keyboard, Mm -hmm. and you just stand up from the table. And suddenly you could look around the room, and there's little bric-a-brac and all kinds of other shit around the room. And it's like a puzzle room, Mm -hmm. like like one of those lockout rooms, because there's tons of puzzles to solve everywhere. And the only way to get the clues to solve this is to play the game more. Now, (laughs) when you lose, he drags you into the back room, and before he kills you, he asks you to make a new card. And you do. You can make any kind of card you want, And then he kills you. Wow. And then you wake up at the table. He tells you how the last person who was playing this died. And you draw your cards and you start playing the card game with him again. Wow. And (laughs) somewhere in that deck is the card you made last time. Wow. (laughs) And as you continue to play, you'll start getting cards that you know aren't a part of this deck, but are obviously other people who are not you who've been playing this game and he is killed. Wow. And somewhere in the room, you will find other cards that the talking card is give you clues about that can also talk. Like there's so much going on in this amazing game. Mm. And if this sounds at all interesting to you, Please pay the under $20 and buy this game and give it like an hour. I promise you'll give it a lot more than that afterwards. Wow. That's yeah, really I mean, all I have to talk about this week because it was very cool and very impressive. I, I remember that game.
1: title when it was called uh, Sacrifices Must Be Made. I watched a great Ragnaroks video about it. Oh, yeah. And I didn't end up going on to itch and getting it because the developer said, hey, they actually threw money at me and like are going to let me like make a full game out of it. And so I was like, well, I'll just wait for that. And here it is. And yes. it sounds like it's amazing.
0: It's incredible. And please don't feel like I've spoiled any of it. For you have literally described about the first hour of the game, so that there's so much more beyond this. Yeah, it, like, it's going like like ah, uh, I yeah, it's it's one it definitely feels like
1: there's more to it though. Yes,
0: yeah. it's so cool. It's dripping with atmosphere. It's super creepy, and we're still in like the fall season. So get in there, guys.
1: Yeah. Uh, Tony, what
2: have you been doing this week? Uh, I want to talk about Mythic Quests. It's a okay. show on Apple Plus. Okay. Um, I've watched the two seasons that they have made. It's a show that started production like right before COVID and then had to deal with that and then right. now you know it, it's one of those shows yeah. so it's had a rough pl- place much like Apple Plus mm-hmm. um, this is done through Rob uh McKinney? I can't, One of the guys from uh, Always oh, Sunny. Oh, the guy from It's Always Sunny. Yeah, it yeah. looks like... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, I can't pronounce... There's yes. like...
0: He, he's a beautiful man. Please know I'm not making fun of him. Nothing he's I can take could, say could hurt him. shirtless a loss in the show. He's, yes. He's definitely shirtless he, he, a loss. He's law. a gorgeous yeah. man. He has a beautiful <laughs> wife who looks a lot like Big Bird. Like, it, it's a good time.
2: <laughs> but uh, this show, uh, that he is one of the creators of it. Um, it's Apple. Everybody's streaming platforms, buying all the different creators. Mm-hmm. And... He got to create a show about a the most popular MMO in the world, and specifically oh, the company and the behind, game behind development it, Studio. Yeah, okay. the game development of uh, what was it? Mythic Quest. The game is called Mythic Quest. The mm-hmm. show is called Mythic Quest. But the team behind it, it's um, the first few episodes are rough if you already know anything about video games, because it very much spoon feeds you what a tester is for, like uh, that, because okay. their characters, okay. right. and then okay. after that, they once they once you to understand. The mm. world for people that maybe don't know what game development is, yeah, sure. And then they go here, like here's what who the producer is and what yeah. a producer does. Here's what the money person does. They simplify right. the fuck out of it, but they get it. It's there. meant to
1: make it for the general audience. But mm. it
2: is all it is a very funny comedy. Um, more like they think of um, a darker version of Community. Okay, yeah. It's, it, weirdly, this also stars Danny Pudi. Er, okay. but oh, I can never pronounce his last no, name. No, that's right. There. Danny Pudi is yeah. correct. Yes. yes. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't sure if I was getting the D at the end right. Mm-hmm. But he plays the assholiest money manager oh i like, like that. he exists to just own people that's all I, he mm. cares about like that's one of the episodes later is like no that is my entire existence mm. is to make just to own people bobby Kotick. he's bobby Kotick. <laughs> and but he he just likes doing the micro uh, the, the he does the money side of i it. But count you the have, cost you have the creative teams and then you have like the t- the coding teams, and everybody... It does show a game studio. It's very funny. Just, it again, fun. like, it's like community, a, but darker. Like
0: a non-boomer version of The Office. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. But... Like
2: um, not those camera angles, though. It's definitely... Oh, yeah. It's not found footage. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, okay. yeah, it's, it's not a it, mockumentary. It's not yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. It's more the community way of doing TV, which is... Uh, I can't remember what that's called. Oh, um, it's just, like, three-camera... Yeah, yeah, the three-camera thingy. But, um...
0: Ca- uh, whatever.
2: The... There's only there's a very few sh- episodes. There's like eleven in the first season and nine in the second. Okay, okay. Because there's only really those yeah. two episodes, COVID those two stuff. seasons. Yeah, it's, yeah, again, COVID series. Mm-hmm. But it's they're only twenty something minutes each, and it's super worth your fucking time once you get fa- past those first couple beginning ones. Yeah, it understands geek culture enough to where you're like, okay, this. I kind of hate you for it mm-hmm. because there's a character called like Pootie Shoes or Pooty sh- Tootie, and he's a fucking streamer and you fucking hate uh, him. And he's just yeah. like, oh, oh, you are exactly everything I hate about <laughs> fucking gaming. <laughs> and so much of that is in there, but it's it does a very good job of representing gaming and also diverse cast of characters. Wonderful actors that are in there. Uh, yeah, no, Apple Plus. It's worth the $5 a month. Once you can find the things you want to binge. All right. Ted Lasso season is one and two are up. Mm-hmm. You have now have uh mythic quest seasons one or two. you every they have enough content to pay for one month. Okay, I, I, uh, I, I feel like you have like, a couple shows on it.
0: there that I still need to watch. There's one yeah, there's about a- blind people with Jason Momoa in it. There's a, on my list. Yeah. There's one, uh, the one you already saw the, uh, the sci-fi one. That one looks interesting.
2: Oh, um, Foundation. Foundation Foundation is still going on. Mm -hmm. So um, if you want to wait a little bit longer on that, they have a couple other... They have a really fun sci-fi series. I like its alternate timeline Mm -hmm. where what if Russia was the first one to the moon? Uh, Oh, Okay. And oh, I, I know it's, for, it's gone on for two seasons, and it's really fun. It's on there as well. I know for um, a fact, Jon
0: Stewart's uh, the, the problem with Jon Stewart is dark is on and there. depressing. And <laughs> it, that, that show does not fuck around. Like, if you like John Oliver and Last Week Tonight, like, like, and, like and, and combine that with, like, Sasha Baron Cohen's, like, politics show that was just, like, this wild, horrifying look at American politics, like, just squish those together and, like, let Jon Stewart interview the people America has fucked over without pulling any punches. Or yeah. any swears. It's, I, I look at this, it's, John,
2: it's John Stewart uh, fun time depression time. Because mm-hmm. he's like, hey,
0: we're gonna he's not, we're gonna tell you a couple <laughs> jokes, but just yeah. d- so everyone S- knows S- how S- everything S- fucking sucks. He's not <laughs> trying to depress you. He's trying to show you something. It just happens that that thing is depressing. Yeah. It's just all of reality is depressing. Uh
1: yeah. real quick on my end, uh, I've been working on Alan Wake, just finished chapter two of Alan Wake Fuck last yeah, night. Alan Wake. Um it's been a lot of fun. I've been having a little bit of a struggle just because it does definitely has been showing its age. I'll probably talk more about Alan week once i'm wrapped up with it fuck you for using pose haunted at the end of episode two it is now stuck in my head <laughs> um i have been watching uh something called la by night i started that this week um i've been wanting to get into storytelling vampire the masquerade fifth edition and i couldn't aside from just buying the books which i haven't yet um i just haven't found an outlet to really kind of Tried to understand what the differences were in the new version because the story has changed in each version. The story progresses forward, and so there was a show that was uh, popularized on uh, I can't remember the name of the channel now, uh, but it's just called LA by Night, and it's a you know professional like white wolf storyteller and like you know three or four actors or people coming in and playing the roles of these vampires. And <clears throat> the first couple episodes, because one of the new one of the characters in the Coterie, uh, which is a group of vampires is brand new. They are your window into the world. And so you have three characters that are now teaching this new character, what the world is and what the things are. And it explains the terminology and the things that are going on all while progressing the story forward. And while I have never watched critical role. And in fact, I'm going to go on record saying I was one of those people who were like critical role. Really? That's super popular. Why would anybody watch play D for fucking three hours at a time? Oh, dude. Um, I now have, watched, you know, the first two episodes of LA by night and LA by night is wrapped up, by the way, it did its five seasons. Now they're getting ready for New York by night. Okay. Um, so it's about three hours per episode of the, the, of the story that happens as somebody who loves vampire, the masquerade, I can absolutely say, um, it's great for people that have never played it because it explains everything that's going on in a way that is not, uh, talk you know they don't talk down because mm-hmm. you have a new character that's learning all these things right um, it's helping me learn the new lore of the world because like I said with every consecutive edition of vampire the story always always moves forward in a, in, in a way mm-hmm. um and it's yeah it's rekindling that <clears throat> because I did use to st or storytell vampire for like 10 years um, and I just got burned out at some point mm-hmm. but I found that itch and I want to scratch it and now watching this show and listening to them talk is going, it's starting to light those fuses in the back of my head going like, Oh yeah, Mm -hmm. I forgot how much I missed this. Mm -hmm. Um, and all the actors are really great at their, what they do. Like they're very charming and just like they play off of of one another really, really well. And it's just like a really great time to be had by all. So it's not for everybody. Um, and if you are willing to literally just watch four people or five people just talk at each other for three hours, because I can put that on in the background and listen to them. Yeah. I watched the first episode completely dedicated to watching the first episode for three hours today while I was at work, I had things going on and I just minimized it. And I listened to them to talk and describe everything while I got my work done. And mm. it was just kind of a, a Zen experience, like a nice
2: radio play. Yeah, it, it was like, a tabletop yeah. experience. It's mine. It's mind's eye theater. Yeah. You're not really getting... A visual yeah. cue and for and for the most part, I mean, yes, you can get people's facial inflections yeah. and, and it all helps that the stuff, story but like, for the really it's, you can just listen and yeah. that's, what's the good part about it. And yeah.
1: it really helps the storyteller. And I can't remember his name is Jason something. I apologize. Um, he's just really good. It looks like a really old vampire. Yeah. He does look like a really old vampire, but he also like just describes. Describes He, de- he describes <laughs> everything so well. And as a storyteller, you kind of always expect them to always just be talking all the time. But because so much of Vampire is the other player's dialogue, mm-hmm. when he comes in and starts talking, you know that it's important and you know to focus in because like, oh shit, something is about to happen. Jason's starting to talk. Uh, Jason Carl is his name. Mm-hmm. And like, you're like, oh shit, now's the time for me to really focus and pay attention. But honestly, again, the banter between all the characters is hilarious. Like They have nice. no right being as funny as they are. Um, so yeah, that's everything that I've been doing this week. We're gonna take a small break and it's time for the news when we head into the Weekly Raid. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. This is the weekly radar news roundup for the week. First up, the director of *The Nightmare Before Christmas* and *Coraline* is working on a new animated feature for Netflix called *Wendell and Wild*. The premise is quote the hellishly funny demons of a teen named Cat. The two main characters will be played by Keegan Michael Key and Jordan Peele.
0: Nice. I yeah, I, I love that shit.
1: When? It, yeah, it, Like now. It, it, could, it will be can out next have year. Now, now, it now is please. Being worked on right now. Please now. Um, I didn't get to watch the trailer, <laughs> but it's very uh, in his style, very stop motion-y. Oh yeah, that's good. So I mean, that's it,
0: good. it's Coraline good. Coraline was fucking terrifying. Yeah, because uh, of the stop motion.
2: I know it's still on my. That was exactly what it needed to be though. And Nightmare Before Christmas is well. Nightmare Before
1: Christmas. And this, yeah, is, the it's, person, it's, it's, this is the person that the should be attributed framework. to The Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Yes, yes. It's not the course, person yes. that's actually attributed to The Nightmare Right, yeah. Tim
0: Burton didn't direct that movie, much as his name is on it. Yep. And he absolutely didn't direct Coraline.
1: <laughs> right. Uh, or di- with that. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, director of the Shutter hit host, Rob Savage, is working on an adaptation of Stephen King's called The Boogeyman for Hulu. Uh, The premise of it is steel reeling from the tragic death of their mother, a teenage girl and her little brother find themselves plagued by a sadistic presence in their house and struggle to get their grieving father to pay attention before it's too late. Mark Heyman, who worked on black Swan is working on the current draft of the film. Scott Beck and Brian Woods, who worked on a quiet place helped pen one of the earlier versions of the script. Neat. I like it. Yeah. I have
2: an idea for a uh, Netflix horror movie at this point. Um, it's about not being able to get your rights to one of Stephen King's stories and losing <laughs> your mind trying to come up with your own story because everybody's adapted everything. I would love right. that. Yeah. Just call it
1: like I'm not Stephen King. Right there, you go. But now, I, I like this idea right
2: because, like, there are so many stories of that Stephen King has. I was like, no one would ever make that. That's just silly. And it was like, all right, fuck. He, he had a good. <laughs> he has. He writes such good premises and, and worlds that mm-hmm. yeah. you can
1: kind of build what you want out of them. And yep, yeah, absolutely.
3: In news. Or you can dark down. I, I know that I oh, don't
1: often give my opinion at the beginning of a news segment, but bear with me for this one I had to. In news that I honestly don't know if anybody was asking for, it was announced that Troy Duffy, Norman Reedus, and Sean Patrick Flannery are coming back to work on Boondock Saints three. Right now, Duffy is working on the script with input from Reedus.
0: Uh as long as it's absolutely positively nothing at all like Boondock Saints two, <laughs> I I mean fuck. Look, I so, I want to
2: watch two again. It's been such a long time. I remember I enjoyed it because it was fucking weird. Think, and, well,
0: dude, feel your boots. That, I, that movie was ninety percent callbacks to the first. Oh, one. yeah. I only
1: thought yeah. that I, the only reason I think that I enjoyed Boondock Saints two is that I was in the theater with Sean Patrick Flannery when I watched it.
0: I mean, sure, but like, <laughs> it, it,
2: it, no. well, it might be going with the, the sequel idea. The sequel's just the remake, it, redoing exactly what the first one was idea. Right. That's which what is most. The, Sequels I, are, so, anyway, for the history of Not
0: any of the good ones. If you, oh, if you, yeah, no, I just mean, I just yes, feel like... All of the good sequels are a different kind of movie than the original. When yeah, I think like about like, the
2: Boondock Saints, the original Boondocks, Saints... We would remember the name of Boondock Saints, too. Aside from probably called All Saints Day for some stupid yeah. reason. Mm-hmm. Um, because... I'm making a jerk
0: off moment movement radio. Yeah. Uh, because that has anything to do with the premise of the first movie, which was literally like, Hey, these so guys I need, are I need to ask the, the panel a question,
1: cool. a very important <laughs> question. So Boondock Saints, when it came out and I watched it, when it came out to VHS, a friend introduced me to it, which is weirdly not Tony. Um, and it existed in a part of my life when I was in high school and I thought a certain way and I felt a certain way. And now I'm looking at the idea of like a Boondock Saints three. And I'm like looking at it going, do I want this? Because I'm not that person that I was then. Yes, I'm that, not ex- that, I, I have a
0: very big comment about this, but keep going. Yeah,
1: I'm just like I'm looking at this, going like I just. It was a thing that I loved when I was at that age, where I was like binging Transmit and Sandman, and I was all being an edge lord. And now I'm looking at it, going like, ah, can it really be entertaining for me the way that you would do? Yeah, that? Probably still funny. But I
2: really can, want to know about Hector's big point.
0: It can. Let me tell you how. Okay, Let me back t- then when we were all edge lords and we were like, you know what? No one's cleaning up the streets. No one's just, you know what we need to do instead of like trying to put these guys in jail and letting their lawyers fight for, let's just fucking murder these criminals. Mm-hmm. Let's just get in there and be like, let's, no, 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 everyone just recognize if you commit crimes, we murder you. And that was the big takeaway from the Boondock Saints, right? right? right yeah. You know what Boondock Saints Three would be if I was writing it today? They only kill cops. <laughs> Okay. They literally, like, that's the boondock saints yeah. now. We don't kill criminals anymore. Fuck it. That's what cops do. And cops kill a whole lot of non-criminals, too. Mm-hmm. In fact, mostly they kill non-criminals, apparently, today. So you know what the boondock saints do? They murder police. Put that in our theaters. I would Throw love, it out there. I, okay. I would, you know love what? That. If you gave me that me. movie, I would celebrate it every day. I'd see it in tea theaters five times. Just watching the boondock saints kill crooked cops like it's a fucking horror movie. Okay. But with John Wick as the antagonist. <laughs> and like we all we see is just scared cops the whole movie and when I'm done coming I'll leave the theater and buy another ticket to go in I'm sorry <laughs> That's that the that best was thing. that is the I'm best I'm sorry <laughs> that That's that was the best thing. I'm sorry that I had to go off so hard like that but when you were talking about how Lord that movie was I was like yes yes it was at the time and, and if we're some, gonna we make an new Edgelord Ed, and if we're gonna make an Edgelord movie now fucking let's round up the comrades let's fucking go <laughs>
2: alright make some communist
1: propaganda anti-cop movies I love it I love it that's the most passion I've ever heard from me in this show ever uh, like I can't follow that up I don't think the movie's gonna be that good (laughs) (laughs) I'm 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 mad because it probably won't be (laughs) in our next section of the news that I'm kindly calling Blizzard are you okay Mm. I've got three quick fire news articles from the week and after I'm done describing them we can discuss okay All right. so here we go first up Activision CEO Bobby Kotick has asked the board of directors to reduce his salary to $62,500, which is the lowest amount by California law for people earning a salary to get, as well as earn no bonuses or equity for a set amount of time. Kotick said that his pay will only return to what it was before if and when the company achieves its transformational gender-related goals and other commitments as determined by the board. Next up, Activision Blizzard has announced that both Diablo 4 and Overwatch 2 will be delayed, causing their stock to tank. Another potential reason for this to quote GameSpot is increased competition in the market for our talent and higher voluntary turnover in the wake of lawsuits and investigations against the company uh, over sexual harassment and discrimination against women. Finally, Blizzard boss Jen O'Neill has announced that she is stepping down for her role as co-leader of Blizzard and that Mike Ybarra, her co-leader partner, will be taking over as lead of Blizzard. O'Neill said, quote, I am not doing this because I am without hope for Blizzard, quite the opposite. I am inspired by the passion of everyone here, working towards meaningful, lasting change with their whole hearts. This energy has inspired me to step out and explore how I can do more to have games and diversity intersect and hopefully make a broader industry impact that will bl- benefit Blizzard and other studios as well.
2: If I remember correctly, her, her, I came remember her job beforehand, but it was something ridiculously evil Oh man! And then Bobby with the like, I'm gonna okay. There's just so of, much to unload so, there. So, there's okay, just so, so much so, to unpack. So, so, let's let's start with Bobby okay, Kotick's salary,
0: yeah. right? Yeah. So Bobby Kotick was asking for something like a 200 million. It was drawing a salary of like 200 million a year, or something like that, mm-hmm. right? Now let's all remember very quickly that Bobby Kotick is an actual billionaire, mm-hmm. like an actual capital B billionaire. Mm-hmm. So with him not taking the salary. And bonuses. And bonuses. In interest alone, just based on the money he has, before he gets out of bed and goes to work in the morning, he's making about $200 million a year. Mm-hmm. Like, like easily. And that's just like, but before he takes a piss in the morning, mm-hmm. that is how much money the universe decrees he gets for owning the amount of money he has. Right. That's how our financial system works. So him not taking money means nothing. It literally means nothing. You know what? The only thing he can do to say he's sorry and like make the company better is fucking resign. Mm-hmm. That's all he all he has to say is I'm leaving. No one likes me. And you know what? Fucking respect. Go spend your money. Get the fuck right. out of here. Get uh, yeah, great. Uh, anything else he does is bullshit. Anything mm-hmm. else he's done is he does is bullshit. All of this happened directly under his nose, on his watch, and I'm pretty sure we'll find out before too long with his blessing. Mm-hmm. So, nah. Not nah, just not. Um, other thing, yeah, was, Lady...
2: Was, I was going to say, it was Steve yeah, Jobs yeah. coming back for a dollar. That's mm-hmm, all right, I was really right. wanted to add yeah, to exactly. it. exactly. Okay. I was like, exactly yeah, that's that. cool, but the stock options and all the other bullshit, it's a billionaire's a billionaire's a fucking billionaire. Right, right? They're,
0: they're trying to do the Japanese <laughs> thing where they're like, hey, we won't take a salary this year because we had a failure. At Nintendo in Japan, that means something. Those guys make a couple hundred grand a year.
1: Yeah. I do have a quick question before we jump into the next part of the Blizzard things. Uh, Hector, are you butter? Am I butter? Are you butter? Yes or I, no? I don't believe so. Okay, because you were on a roll tonight. <laughs> so the, the second part was, you know, obviously they delayed uh, Overwatch 2 and uh, Diablo 4. Mm-hmm. Tank cool, good. Yeah. Like, yeah, and I mean, as for tank
2: uh, stock shit, our economy is entirely made up. And it's just, it's yeah. literally just, it's fantasy. Mm-hmm. It's fantasy football before we had football, guys. Mm-hmm. It's Bunch it, of bored white dudes sitting around gambling drunk in fucking like Boston figured this shit out. <laughs> All right, guys, it's dumb. Yep. It's a not a good idea.
0: Uh, so the delay I mean there's two sides of that coin Um, good delay every video game that isn't finished stop releasing broken uh, uh, undercooked games just stop it I don't care what your fiscal earnings say which quarter you have to release what in shut the fuck up stop releasing broken products this isn't acceptable in any industry on earth and the fact that gamers keep buying these games that don't work if a hammer company made a hundred thousand hammers and released them to people just clamoring for these amazing hammers they've been told about, and everyone who used this hammer said, "Oh, it broke." I have. Like,
2: I, I like your. I like your. The, I could, I'm gonna have to compare it to exactly to the closest one, which is the movie industry, because the gaming industry makes more money than the movie industry by now by a lot. By oh, a by, lot. By, by an order and imagine that times. every copy of Dune that came out because I fucking love it, mm-hmm. one out of ten just had half the
0: scenes missing. Nine out of ten. It. Nine out of ten. The only way you got all the scenes is if you were in the right theater at the right time. Yeah,
2: just just imagine that. And you just had to figure out what it was because uh, the community got together and figured it out. Yeah. So, so yeah. No, that's what... The, it's how fucking dumb and broken...
0: Right. So yeah. what I'm saying, so obviously don't pre-order video games. <laughs> obviously always wait for reviews and hardware specific reviews depending on your hardware. I know that's a lot to ask but you know just don't share bad social media also. It's not it just just it's what we have to do in the days that we live in. So good on delaying those video games, but also the other edge of this double-edged sword is I do not expect that Blizzard will make another good game anytime soon. I would be surprised if I got if I got, out, well, to rephrase, I would be surprised if Blizzard released a good game before I was fifty. Okay, let me put it that way. No, honestly, the, good. Good, yeah, I don't feel that they have the. I don't. I mean, obviously, most of the talent has left. Uh, Papa Jeff is a great example. Obviously, like their production lines are shit. Obviously, their management has always been shit since the fucking 90s, apparently. They're not coming not with, with any new creators. ideas,
2: they're just... Badly covering right. over in shitty reskins existing properties, and in the case of, case of Overwatch Two, they are barely putting together the existing lore into maybe a couple story missions on new <laughs> maps they wanted to yes. make. Yeah, that's all the reason ex- Overwatch Two exists is because they made new maps and they had to force some story into it to make people happy. Right, I'm sorry. and let's not
0: forget they announced both of these games two years ago because they were trying to apologize for fans for the last shitty thing they did. But this was before any of the sexual harassment stuff came out this was just them disrespecting their fans so yeah all of this shit all of it hopefully sweeps up to into a nice little package that also includes the fact that i have never seen less hype for the call of duty release which is happening this week Mm -hmm. did you all know call of duty was coming out this week i'm talking to my listeners did did, did anyone have any idea that call of duty was coming out this week i've never seen less hype for a call of duty they're done like, I, I'm not saying there won't be one next year or that that one won't be like, I mean, there's like definitely popular, be one for the next seven years. But, but. this <laughs> one, like, like it's just dead in the water and the company is throwing it out there to die. They don't give a shit or uh, uh, respect anything about this game. Like they don't the, give a take, shit take, or take,
2: respect about anything about Call of Duty to begin with. Anyway, just about a money shoveling machine. Yeah. Also watch Mythic Quest. It's I mean, <laughs> the same rules apply for yeah. that uh, show as well.
0: But yeah, all of this Blizzard news, like none of it is at all surprising to me. I I, rats abandoning the ship. uh, Do you know Bobby Kotick grandstanding on the fact that you know look at me not taking any money, even though I'll never need another penny. Neither will my children, or my children's children, or my children's children's children. They will be your masters. But I promise, I won't take a salary this year. I'm going to defend the the people
2: that that are just newly joining in Blizzard Activision. People that are just like coming into the company. We've talked about them recently about how like they're getting all this hate for joining in with his company. No. Imagine this. They're taking money from a fucking bleeding corpse. They're just going like, fuck yes, let's take this motherfucker and rip out as much as we fucking can. Take them for all their knowledge that you can get from them. Take them for all the money you can fucking get from them and fuck them over for as much time as you can because fuck that company bleed them dry internally and bleed them dry externally by telling them that their games suck and not buying them.
0: Yeah, 100%. I will never fault another laborer for taking a job at labor. It, it, like, straight yeah. up. Like, like that. that is the fucking class solidarity. Like, yes, take a job where you can get it. And absolutely learn from Blizzard what you can. And put them on your resume and get a better job somewhere else as fast as you can. Or if yes.
1: enough of you show up, take over the fucking company. Oh, yeah. That'd be nice, there's too. There's also that option
2: of... I would love... My... my oh. If we're going to go with dream things like that, there's this weird group within Blizzard Activision that starts its own little unit and says, fuck you, we're going to find out. We're just like, take this money and go make a better game that no one else can. And just, I wish there was a group there that was doing that or something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So is anybody surprised
1: that Jen O'Neill is stepping down? Could, should, why me. should she have nope. gotten hired in the first place like, is my opinion. Yeah, Cause she no, came I mean, from,
0: why would it matter? It doesn't like, like all if, she did was horrible things. Look, if, if she had made amazing improvements to blizzard and then stepped down, I'd be like, Oh no, things were getting better. But she had the job for what? Three, four months. Mm. Yeah. No, who gives a shit? Yeah. 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 She, she basically, she probably saw everything in front of her and went, no, thanks.
1: Yeah, I can see that. All right, let's move on. Let's bring up the energy in the room a little bit. I know that we, we Blizzard always does. This is why I put Bl- Blizzard News in the middle this time. Yeah. It's November like,
2: right now. There we go.
3: Right?
1: In Marvel gaming news, the tactical game Marvel Midnight Suns has been pushed at, back to the second half of 2022 to allow the team more time to, quote, make the best game possible. The extra development time will allow the studio to add more story, more cinematics, and overall polish to the final game. Yeah,
0: good plus cool delay every video game that isn't ready. Please, like everyone learn from this. Everyone, everyone learn. No matter how good your will is as a studio, if you release a broken game, people will shit on you. This It's cyberpunk. I, I spent the, I, I've spent 10 hours watching a review of cyberpunk over the last week. That's, That's one more thing than I you played watch. the game. That is Patrick. a single review that you watch. That is a single long. review I've watched, by the way. That's just a Tim Rogers review, which I highly recommend. I'll plug that here. Action button reviews on, on YouTube. Go check that out. Um, if master- you have 10 hours. It's, it's, uh, 10 hours just for cyberpunk. It's a <laughs> masterful channel and a masterful work of just excruciating fucking detail. But... I learned a lot about, like, why the game failed by watching it. And, yes, every video game studio, please, please delay your game. Please make it as good as you can and as good as you want it to be before you release it. And don't let executives, like, fucking bully you into, like, releasing broken games. Like, fucking... What what what's the word I'm thinking of? Work life balance. Yeah. Work life balance. Fucking boundaries. Just mm. establish boundaries with your finance people. Be like, hey, we need to release quarter Q2. Boundaries. Yeah. Fucking this is my space. Get out of it. I can see that. No, I I I. I... I, I really want to play this game I, like like to get off the like delays are good point. I really want to play this game, and I don't want it to release broken because I want it to have a good legacy of being a good Marvel franchise game That's rather the thing, than a when, main, uh, the Avengers game.
1: When I heard this news, the first thing that popped in my head was because it's such a, a different kind of property, it isn't just your normal mm-hmm. Marvel hack and slash or whatever, this game only really has a chance to be good once. Yep, straight up. And if it's good once, it, it will it be a franchise. franchise. Yep. It learned very I learned very, like a year ago
2: with the Marvel whatever SquareSoft game, the, Square Enix the game, mm-hmm. the Marvel Avengers game, and how badly that is tanked. And there was some news about that this week that I I'm going to talk about. Bo- it. Okay, cool, because I didn't even bother reading sure. it. It was like cool game that's dead to me because it released dead to everybody, mm-hmm. and no they know they can't do that because mm-hmm. if they do they don't have square Enix money backing to just and Marvel back and be like, yeah, we're fine. We'll just dig ourselves out of this. This will literally kill this company if they don't make this contract game work.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah, from the it's, wood, it's, with the hype around yeah, it. Firaxis, right? Yeah, because it's Axis, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, they, they, they don't have, like, all the shots in the world. And they, this is not, so, like, uh, bombing this game isn't something they could probably recover from very easily. Yeah. It's like
2: Square Enix has released seven games since they bombed on fucking Marvel's Avengers. And sure they, no one fucking I'm pretty cares.
1: sure they released seven games while we've been sitting here talking. Probably. Oh, yeah. <laughs> probably all phone games. They probably made that probably. money back easily. Um, but Axis isn't. They yep, are
2: correct. a game one game studio at this moment. From mm-hmm. My understanding of them. Oh, yeah. they the have probably probably two yeah. times yep. where they're working on one and other one simultaneously. Mm-hmm. But delaying this game just makes me happier that the end product will be better suited for yeah. me to play. Yeah, yeah. Delay I will it have harder. a better experience. Mm-hmm. That's good, and I think that instead of trying to force money out of people earlier, mm-hmm. trying to say no, we need to hold and invest. It's the Yeah, you know, like don't fucking shoot your arrows yet. They're not in the fucking range. Yeah,
0: yeah, straight up. I mean, the the, (laughs) uh, Miyamoto said it a long time ago, and even though we live in a world of patches and updates and DLC, I mean, you can look around, and it's still true to this day. You can, you know, if if you release a a, a, if you release a bad game, it's bad forever. But you release a good game when it's done. Mm -hmm. If you release it bad, it's that's that's how you release the game. It's just broken.
1: Uh, it was announced this week that Amy Henning, who many may know from the Uncharted series, mm. will be helming a new Marvel game with her studio. According to Henning, it will be a narrative-driven blockbuster action-adventure title uh, featuring an original story set in the Marvel Universe. Uh, she went on to say, It's an honor to be able to tell such an original story with all the humanity, complexity, and humor that makes Marvel characters so enduring and enable um, our players to to embody these heroes that they love. Now, if you're not familiar, Amy Henning was the writer on uncharted, like one through three and mostly uncharted four. Mm -hmm. Um, she worked on one of (laughs) um, the, the Naughty Dog has denied that she was forced out. Um, she worked on things like the Legacy of Cain series. Yes, she did. She worked on Star Wars thirteen thirteen, which was never released. That's what I was like, kind of
2: wondering. Is like, so this is a new series or new game, possible game series in a licensed property. Obviously, we know she does great with those historically. She does, um, she does great. I'm just single because, player like, titles because mm-hmm. I really was looking forward to thirteen thirteen. And We all were. Can we just make Marvel thirteen thirteen? Is no, no, as... guys. You
0: guys are missing everything. <laughs> just, what, what what are you doing? Fuck thirteen thirteen. <laughs> Fuck Star Wars games. Where is my next Legacy of Cain game? Right. If anyone can do it. Like, oh. What please. if we did a Legacy of 13 Marvel game? <laughs> and I'm pretty and sure they have the that rights. exists. Yeah. In my look, head look head I'm now. great with Star Wars games. I really loved Jedi, like uh, like the last Jedi game that was wonderful. Fall in order. Yeah. Let, let's get more of those. That's but wonderful. Legacy of
2: 13 is a good game title, actually.
0: Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> but, like, yeah, yeah. Someone make me another Legacy of Kane game. Please. It's just a stat. And by stat, I mean start at stat, not release at stats. Release it when it's done.
1: Yeah. Uh, finally, in Marvel Gaming News. Um, last month, uh, real money XP boosts, uh, which is when you pay real money to have your character leveled artificially, uh, were added to Marvel's online Avengers game after the company had told fans before launch that that would never happen. Mm-hmm. The studio, yeah, as of this week, of has launch. gone back and removed that feature as the, from the game as many players saw it as a pay-to-win option.
0: Oh, Because, of course, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. So... When you pay for power in video games, um, everything feels unfair. And studios are slowly starting to realize that. I swear we were like two iterations away from premium bullets in Call of Duty uh, Mm -hmm. that you pay for. But, you know, slowly they're starting to realize that that's not how you make money. Let's not forget that all of Devolver Digital was founded on one really good indie game that looked like shit. Mm -hmm. So... Like, you can, like, there are way better ways to make money, everybody. Like, stop nickel and diming, everybody. Yep, that's true.
2: You mentioned Devolver. Is that in our news? It is. We're about to, literally, the next. I was going to say, I wish I had questions about that. So, let's let's start. We're about to
0: get the news.
1: So, we wrap up the news this week with two pieces of Sony news. First up, indie game publisher Devolver Digital went public on the stock market this week. And as soon as it did, Sony purchased 5% of their total stocks. When asked, what is the
2: stock number? Because I didn't need to go buy some. Because I didn't know this until we started talking about it, and I feel bad that I didn't buy them when they started. As soon
1: as I get paid, I'm buying of all it. That's the Play. thing oh, yeah. is, like, I'm about to get
2: a my my I I got a new job bonus, mm-hmm. yep. so I. Think yeah. I might just put it all in Devolver yep, because that just not sounds a like idea. ridiculously dumb idea. That I just yeah, and then just dumb.
0: wait for them to announce Hotline Miami three and yeah. fucking make it rain. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So
1: <laughs> when asked about if anything will change with the company, especially with Sony buying five percent of the stock, mm-hmm. they said. The employees of Devolver Digital, and this is an important point: the employees of Devolver Digital are still the majority owners in the company.
0: You probably got a
2: bunch of stock options. The majority means they own fifty-one. The the employees overall own fifty-one still. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: From those of us at the first picnic table meeting to those who joined this year, everybody in Devolver Digital owns a stake in its company, its future, and its future future. Got it.
0: I love that. Oh, I love this company. I damn
2: them for putting that in there. Oh, um, God.
0: It's it's perfect. I cannot wait for... Like, you know what? I, I I wish we would get, like, a second like Devolver Digital showcase every year at, like, the Game Awards because we have to wait for E3 every year for them to do their big thing. I need no, more. I need see, more Nina in my life.
2: Yeah, you want that, but... Because I, I, after this one, uh, the last one that aired, they did show like behind-the-scenes stuff, like, how it was made a little bit more, mm-hmm. and... No, this takes them so much time to try they're and make, make one of them do. <laughs> because it, it's not that what they do. Yeah, it's yeah. They're getting a few of the people that work there. They're like, we kind of have an idea. Fuck it. Let's figure it out. And they just give them thousands of dollars. I want to go work there just to do that. Mm-hmm. So I will do. Maybe we can get a second one if we just go work there to make them for them. <laughs>
1: right. So uh, our first one's e- just going to e- be this going. E- we like Devolver aside, Digital. <laughs> there was a question that was floating around the internet, like you know, Sony bought five percent of their stock. Like, what does that mean? And they're sure. a publicly traded company, and, sure, and other we, companies we, can buy. We them. can always ask that question, like is Sony sure. eyeing to buy Devolver Digital? But well, no. they
0: probably want to. No, they probably want they probably to want engender to. some. Oh yes, they definitely want to. They no. want to. That, that they they probably know offhand that Devolver Digital will not sell themselves to Sony. So no. what they want is they want to engender some goodwill, knowing that Devolver makes the most played indie games in the gaming sphere. To maybe make some exclusives because Sony loves indie exclusives. It gives them credit, it gives them clout. They get to show it off at E3 and be like, "Well, I mean, look how create, look how much we love creative people." When when they like went when they thing. went
1: public and the in the five percent buyout happened, mm-hmm. Sony immediately tweeted and it wasn't like, "Hey, we bought five percent of the company." They just said, "Hey, we just wanted to celebrate our friends at Devolver Digital for going public and show that we absolutely right. love yeah. everything that they do." Yeah. and so it was just to, a very heartfelt like. To, so you is. know
0: what they want? They want all those indies that hit PC like Day and Date to hit PlayStation at the same time. Right. Because usually if a Devolver digital game comes out, you're going to wait a while before it hits consoles.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: Yeah, no, that is very true. And Devolver does work their contract deals depending... They don't work with them. I think the independent... game developer decides who they want to work with correct and devolver medium that devolver kind of helps them along the way or whatever and it really is up to the game developer themselves to go oh i want to work with sony or microsoft or nintendo Mm -hmm. yeah because devolver's worked with all of them and has a relationship with all of them Mm -hmm. so sony getting five percent in is just the same as either nintendo or microsoft or anybody else kind of like you're a good company we believe in you Yes, Sony would love to get 49% of that fucking company, but they would still not own it because the employees overall would own it. So if you
1: want to know what the kind of company that Devolver Digital is, and you don't mind watching a 40-minute TED Talk, Mm. (laughs) these are some hard stipulations to put in here. So... Did uh, Devolver Digital is not a game making company. They're a game publishing company. They're the mm-hmm. ones that help make promotional material, but they just find really great indie games and they help bring them to a level they wouldn't be before. Yep. There's a really great GDC they talk. weird shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a really great GDC talk where the head of Devolver Digital comes in and the talk that he gives is, you don't need a game publisher and that includes us. Mm-hmm. And he just explains, like, here's the ways to do it yourself. You don't need a game publisher. By the way, if you have a weird indie title, we'd love to be your publisher. But here's my talk about why you don't need one. Mm-hmm. And, 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 like, halfway through it, he's like, I didn't realize when I was writing all this that I could probably get fired from my job for, for having this talk. But <laughs> here we are. And that's the kind of company they
0: are. Yeah. Right? No, It's a w- wonderful place as far as I know to work. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. It, it, and they release the best, the best indie games that people see. Yeah. Like, like year in year, year in, year out.
1: Yeah. All right. So finally it was discovered on the Days Gone Steam page that the publisher of the game was updated recently to something called PlayStation PC. Mm. When asked about the division, Sony has not commented on it. But people are wondering if this brand is going to be the new brand that ushers in more PlayStation titles just coming to PC. Probably. Mm. I yeah, mean, I mean, like, I don't see why not. Just coming it.
0: to PC? Maybe not. But definitely uh, being released on PC, which Sony doesn't... Yeah, yeah that's what I meant specifically. Like, yeah, yeah, uh, it's, it's yeah, definitely. I mean, they need that because they're probably looking at the like Game Pass for PC numbers and going, mm, maybe we don't release everything through Steam, so on and so forth. Yeah. They're they're trying to figure their shit there'll out. Be a, there'll no be a name announcement a
2: pretty space. soon enough on what they decide they're publicly facing... Mm-hmm release company production yeah. or yeah. much like devolver just releases the is a game yeah what we just mm. talked about it's the same thing what they want to do for the PC market because they just last year renamed their console developments and everything studios but they didn't list anything for PC development at that point in time when they did Sony Entertainment, or I can't remember, they switched over their fucking name because it was Sony Entertainment of America something.
0: Yeah, they're figuring their shit out still.
2: I don't know their fucking names. How can a company that made consoles so easy to number make it where I don't understand who
1: makes what where?
0: (laughs) I don't know. Tell me the name of the newest Xbox console. No one knows how to name anything.
1: (laughs) All right. That is everything that we have for it's the called, news this week. But we have a lot to talk about in our next section in the boss room. We are gonna you be, mean Game Pass? Game Pass is what it's called. No.
0: I, I mean the Xbox Series X. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah <no>. So <laughs>
1: we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll be doing a deep dive into what if. Boss Room. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. This is the Boss Room, our main talking point for the podcast. Sometimes related to the news, sometimes not. This week, we wanted to take a deep dive into Marvel's What If, now that the run is complete and we've given everybody enough time. We are going to go episode by episode, give a brief general thoughts, and then give our overall thoughts at the end. So, before we get started and we get rolling on this, just got to say it once, spoilers ahead for What If.
0: Yeah, full spoilers.
1: All right. Episode one of What If is, What If Captain Carter Were the First Avenger? This is obviously the one where uh, Captain Carter, instead of Steve Rogers, gets the Super Soldier Serum and becomes Captain... The first Avenger. The Mm -hmm. first Avenger. It's it's very much in the title. He becomes Captain... Britain, Britain. <laughs> well, no, before Captain, but there's already Captain a Captain Britain, Britain.
2: exists at that point, so Captain Britain would have maybe never
1: existed. <laughs> yeah, it's mm. a whole weird. It's oh, actually
2: a more interesting title of "What if Captain Britain never existed?" Mm. then we have to go down
0: that. App, right.
1: So, what know? did we think of the first episode? It was a starting point for what. App?
0: Oh, I loved it. Oh, so, so the introduction I had at the end, of... it was yeah. great. <laughs> so, so the introduction to this series, I think, was really spot on because it didn't start too cosmic. It started very grounded, and we realized that like a lot of these voices were either the original actors or a very good amalgamation of their voice, depending on who we were looking at. Yeah. We saw the, it. She did. there was a lot of action, so we got to see how fluid the animation was. And yeah, after the first episode, I was just kind of sitting there like, yeah, no, I'll watch a lot more of this. This sounds good. They
2: have perfected the Disney style to reflect a amalgamation of what the human actor looks like and what comic book characters look like within the, Closest to Disney animation style that they're doing with the 3D animation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can see this with how they're handling their princesses and other characters like Jack Sparrow and other things. Specifically, Jack Sparrow is the one that like, that don't look like Johnny Depp no more. Because yeah. <laughs> they've moved on past his role in, as, for the character. Mm-hmm. But very much so, Disney is creating their Disney icon look for the way that they want their... Properties to exist within, mm-hmm. and this was kind of felt like the first time I was like, all right, we're gonna show you what this is going to look like. Mm-hmm. I'm not overly opposed to it because it does look very good. Mm-hmm. The animations, and I say animation, it's it's, but it's computer animation, so
0: it's not like it. it I feel animation
2: like it's is animation, animation is animation, Tony. But I feel like we need a different word still. No, it we bo- don't. It, They're like the drawing. Of it bothers them me drawing
0: on paper versus drawing on a tablet does not make a difference. No, because in most cases, like you're not actually animating the. Semantics. The fact that they it's don't a semantics
2: know. thing that I just don't like. It's a
0: it's a it's a word thing. That, yeah. Yes, the, the fact that they don't have to draw every frame is definitely not old school, but it's honestly really nice. But we just need a different sure. word for
2: animation.
1: All right, so we need another
0: word for paperwork too. But uh, we still call I it loved paperwork. episode one, and I will
1: say my my synopsis for episode one was that it just took me a while to get into the animation of it, but once it clicked, it clicked, and I was like, okay, I get it, I'm I'm feeling this.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right.
1: The second episode was, what if T'Challa became Star-Lord?
0: Okay, so this was, like, this one was way too much fun. Like, uh, uh, so I know that that there's... uh, So Chadwick, the Chadwick Bozeman of it all, first of all. And he was in a lot of this series, right? And there was so much of him and his voice and the nostalgia for it. But so going into it, I really thought that this was it. This was all we had of him. And the fact that we got to celebrate the T'Challa character by making him like literally space just therapist. solve all of Star-Lord's and everyone else's problems <laughs> simply by being around. And talking. And, you know, he just and, and really talking and to people. Therapy. He yeah. was a space
2: therapist for fucking everyone. Yeah. And, and everyone, so they stopped killing each other. Yeah,
0: everyone sat around <laughs> talking about like, oh yeah, no, I, used, I was going to fucking kill half the universe. But then, you know, T'Challa showed me that it was a little bit just genocide.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Everything about this episode was so much fun. And really embodied what I love about the What If series. Because I I grew up reading the What If comics. Mm -hmm. And the What If comics, and we'll talk about this a little bit later in the episode, um, are are for the most part very one-off episodes uh, of comics. It's like, here, we're going to take this thing. Like, what if Jean Grey never became the Phoenix? Or what Mm -hmm. if Spider-Man became the Punisher? These are all things that they would do. And it was very outside the box, but still very within the characters. And I'm just watching this going like man, I love everything about this. And this feels like me if I was reading a What If comic when I was a kid. Like, that's where my brain was mentally. Mm. And maybe, again, it was partially the Chadwick Boseman of it all and my heart was full and I just, I missed having our king there. And it just, I walked away from that episode with a giant smile on my face. Yeah. And I just, I was just so happy. If that had been the only episode he had been in, I would have been so happy. I would have been like, that's it. That's, that's, yeah. that's the finale, y'all. That's, like, that's good. He went out with a bang. And just the ability of the story to revolve around This concept of T'Challa, what Tony was saying, being a space therapist Mm -hmm. and just being like, you know, we just all sat down and talked about this. Mm -hmm. And then just all the Marvel Universe's problems have been solved at that point. Like, yeah, here we go. I did the thing, y'all. All (laughs) Uh, all right. So episode three, what if the world lost its mightiest heroes? So in this, um, Nick Fury is trying to grab all the heroes for the Avengers Initiative they're all mysteriously killed. Um, we have, you know, people think uh, things like, you know, Clinton Barton accidentally shoots and kills Thor before, like, you know, he gets taken into shield custody. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Hulk explodes. Um, you know, Natasha is like killed while investigating the other murders. Um, and during this, you know, uh, Natasha is like, hey, this is all related to hope. Mm -hmm. Right. And so as we figure out the mystery of the thing, we figure out that, you know, it's, you know, Hank Pym is the murderer. Um, He's using all of his technology as some kind of revenge against S.H.I.E.L.D. for what happened to his wife. Um, It this was a weird episode.
0: It was a weird episode. It was um,
1: it felt like one of
0: those episodes of The Outer Limits or Twilight Zone, uh, just to be classic about it. That's really supposed to, like, leave you at the end with a like, oh. Well, yeah, I do be like that sometimes. Like, you know, you're, you're supposed to be like, well, that's interesting. I guess they went there, but also I'm kind of sad and, I mean, I guess I'll watch the next thing. Mm. Yeah, not that it was bad. It was just, it was really heavy. And probably because The Avengers is such, like, a joyful movie, even with all the murder of the mm. aliens and the, you know, rampant beating of uh, Asgardians by Hulk, like mm. is like want to happen. Um, but
1: yeah. armored space whales. It was kind of a big, bummer. yeah. Some people consider this one of the weaker entries in the series. Yeah. So,
0: I, I think probably my least favorite. Now that I think about it, okay. not that again, not that it was bad. It, it goes where it goes, and I wouldn't even suggest you skip it. But watch the next one after.
2: Yeah, I'm just kind of wondering about the evolution of the armored space whales. Now, <laughs> like, how did they? I mean, they flew, and they're they're giant space. I mean, that's the space. Like, mm-hmm. they armored did they evolve on the same planet? Like I need to know more information about those. Armored it, it, space you're whales thinking too much image. about the
1: booby movie. It's a space whale. <laughs> no, man, you gotta, you got right. so that's next my, up. what if,
2: what if, what if we knew about now, the space? Now I gotta say like
1: that last episode was heavy though, Yes. but then it takes us into our next episode, which is what if Dr. Strange lost his heart instead of his hands?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. So maybe don't watch this one directly after <laughs> that one. Maybe watch two and three and then four and five. So <laughs>
1: the concept is, you know, he, Uh, Dr. Strange loses his girlfriend in a car crash. Mm -hmm. Um, He learns the mystic arts. He he gets the uh, Eye of Agamotto which is obviously the time stone Mm -hmm. and spends just an Enormous amount of time, rewinding time and trying to find a way to save his girlfriend. Right. This is a very dark episode. Yes. This, this is, is Dr. Strange
0: slipping into his, uh, you know, you, you basically using his powers of evil. His, like, you know, perfect eidetic memory and his, uh, you know, just penchant for learning anything he puts his mind to. And he's like, oh, I can control time. I can do this forever. Let me try and resurrect my girlfriend. Because, like, his hands didn't break. His, his girlfriend died. And he just, you know, you go deeper and deeper into the power cosmic and you end up, uh, yeah, with, you know, Cthulhu for for a spine. (laughs) And, you know, you you just live that way and you still don't get what you want, which is kind of the point of the episode. It felt very much like a, um, in the end, like a very Disney story, like the whole like power corrupts thing or you may not want the thing you think you want
1: sort of stuff. It's a very monkey's paw. Yeah,
0: monkey's paw or, you know, know, when Jafar is the genie, Mm -hmm. that type of thing.
1: Tony, did you like this one?
2: It was it, it was animated really well. It
0: was yeah. animated very very well. I loved yeah. yeah, that. What I loved about it was honestly the anime. All the way they animated all of Strange's growing like evil and the, like his powers was honestly really dope.
2: Yeah, the the animation that they do with the computers is amazing. I it wish is. we had a better word for how specific <laughs> for, they for do for animating for things. how wonderful of a job that specific um, type of drawing thing. I know, I, I, I want to say, animation. and I may
1: be misremembering, but I thought that we saw the return of the Cthuloid t- style uh, characters in this one, mm-hmm. and this was the first time that I watched. Uh, remember watching this episode because we all sat down and had dinner together and watched it. Yeah. And I went. I went Wait, are they trying to do something? They're all tied this? together. Yeah. That, right. that was, oh, the, yeah, it was the first That time was the That did, was the same tentacle monster from the other tentacle monster. Right. That's the same tentacle we, monster. Yeah,
0: we we were thinking like, "Oh, this is all going somewhere." Right. Cuz eventually, uh, initially, I mean, I had thought like these are all going to be one-offs. Like right. this is cool. Very much, you know, Twilight Zone uh, outer limits. Yeah. But yeah, when, when I realized it was all going somewhere, I was like, "Of course it is." It's, yeah. it's fucking Marvel.
1: The next episode, uh, again, this is one of those ones that's a little bit contentious amongst the the Marvel fans. What if zombies? Uh, There's a lot to talk about here to unpack, but yes, it is the zombies episode. It is a zombie. uh, It's been so long since I read
2: Marvel zombies that I don't remember. It is is definitely nothing like the Marvel zombies. That was like,
1: it's like, wait. In Marvel zombies, the zombies actually in the comic, they could speak and they were trying to find a way back to their humanity. This was just Marvel characters turned into zombies. Um... I liked it for
2: zombies that were in it. I mean, it was, real. again, the the, the artists involved in this made this shit look real good. Mm-hmm. The people who wrote it made it passable as long as you don't look too deep. And this is one of those episodes if you look too deep at it, it's full of all fucking kinds of flaws.
0: Well, so, the, yeah. <laughs> the, so, the thing about... The thing about the whole... Like, like Doctor Strange one... Mm-hmm. Is that Stephen Strange as a character, as we've gotten to know him in the movies throughout everything, is, is is eminently reasonable, almost to a fault. You know, everything has logic, everything flows in a way. So watching him lose all of that to rage felt and like longing and loss was just felt really out of character. Yeah, like it was obvious, like he had a lot of emotions. Obviously, once he lost his hands, but that's obviously incredibly devastating. But he didn't, he didn't fly off the deep end. So, I, mean, I don't know. This it, is more feels like awkward. for a
2: lot of these episodes, is what if a the writer didn't fundamentally understand this character?
0: That's not
2: bad. Because that what I get from a lot of the characters in this is what if you gave a good character to a shitty writer who just didn't understand him, right, and, or but, whatever
1: circumstances may be, and, and, and this in really is the end result.
0: And in really small doses, that can be a lot of fun.
1: And that's what this is supposed to be. This one had some really great quality moments, I think. The humor, when the humor was good, it was just like super on point. Opening up with the you know, uh, Peter Parker being like, here's how to survive the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Or the scene where they like open up the shower and Bucky's like standing there naked. Yeah. And just everybody's going like, why is Bucky just naked right here like in front of us?
0: And that was the thing about the tone. That's why I went back to the Doctor Strange one. The thing about the zombies one was all tone because all the zombie parts were dour and probably a little scary, especially Mm -hmm. if you were going to like, if you had your kids watching this with you so far. Uh, It was, but they they just threw jokes and one-liners in a little too much. It kind of felt like Disjointed? The same criticism you had of a lot of Marvel movies where people can't stop quipping for five minutes. Mm. And that's tr- certainly not true of all of the movies, but some of them very much have that problem. Mm. Certain characters very much have that problem, just at, at a certain points. So this kind of felt like they all were doing that. Like, oh, zombies. Oh, fuck, my friend just got eaten. I need to make a joke and get out of here. Right.
2: And I think that's just- I would like it if the, you mm. understood that it was the character's personas, That the only way to deal with the environment was to joke your way out of it. Right. But that's not the way it was presented.
0: Yeah, because it, yeah, every time you got a joke, they didn't like leave you time to let the joke land. It was just another zombie eating something. Right. And I mean, not to say it's not zombie world, I didn't have fun watching Zombie Land showed us how to have a perfect like you can have a funny zombie
2: yeah. like let us be like oh, we can make jokes about the world we live in but also be serious about the like brain eating monsters. It needed a bit more Not superhero-ness to it. uh, Yeah, probably. To make it work.
0: I mean, overall, I do not dislike the Zombies episode. In fact, it's not my least favorite. I've already yeah. talked about that. It Especially because it comes back and pays off in such an amazing way in the finale.
1: Yeah. So it, of course, ends with the Tengible. zombified Tham- Thanos showing up. He has a nearly complete Infinity Gauntlet. And then it just cuts. Yeah, and then it and just cuts. So all it's like, the- that's
0: what happened with the Zombies. And we were
1: all sitting there going, what the fuck?
0: Yeah, how does Zombie Thanos know how to... Does he know how to use that? They're like, right. What's he going to do?
2: I kind of wonder, because like, if Zombies... But before we get to the ending, if zombies didn't have a mind of their own, and if they had control of those Infinity Stones, would the Infinity Stones will be controlling the zombie?
1: It's a very complicated question. I know. I think that would
2: be more interesting,
1: what if. All right, so next to talk up to
0: the stones. That seems awkward. is
1: what if Killmonger really rescued Tony Stark.
0: <laughs> well, Yeah, so, so that was, might be one of my favorite episodes. And that might not be my favorite, but it's very, very close. And the only reason is it was all cohesive. All of it made sense. Killmonger would be in that part of the world at that yep. time. It's a very, very, it's a logical
2: dude, like superhero guy going helping rich dude thing yeah. because reason. It, it was in character yeah. for
0: Killmonger to, uh, to pre-plan and know all of that and even organize it, which they insinuate he did. It was in character for Tony to like look at this person and be like, "Oh, I need to fund this guy. This guy needs all the power." All of this was like perfect. Like like these characters working this way. Made made perfect sense to me. It was pretty fucking cool. And watching Killmonger get to elevate himself like to the status he like would obviously want going upwards is honestly very cool because I I, I was like him, very enforcing
2: the removal of Pepper and of um happy. yeah of yeah, yeah of happy it just being like no I need to alienate it's the <sighs> What you do to segregate someone from their life to yeah yeah, yeah you remove people manipulate. from their
0: support su- so from their support structure so they only rely on you so <laughs> the yeah I, I love this role for Killmonger and I was really upset when he died at the end of Black Panther spoilers for Black Panther it came out like six <laughs> years ago um I was really upset when he died at the end of that because I wanted more of that character I really did and I got I got a lot of it in What If and I it, it was awesome bring back Killmonger
2: <laughs> I think that, that's something they that kind of want to talk about at some point is the... Marvel has a problem with that their villains are too correct. (laughs) That's not a problem. That's good writing. No, the problem (laughs) is, is because... They are finding ways to get rid of the correct. A- I mean, yes, obviously, killing off half of humanity is the wrong answer. They're not
0: right. You just understand why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah, it's. I love it's the.
1: An, I love the anti-hero. Killmonger of was a turning point for Marvel villains at that point. Mm-hmm. Really, it was one of the ones we walked out and said that is a fully developed villain that I actually like agreed uh, with. Yeah, and yeah, Killmonger was,
2: was like, why wasn't there a second movie that released simultaneously to this that also explained both of their stories? Yeah, I would love a
0: Killmonger's whole career movie. I yeah. would watch. Like, would watch
2: that, if I was doing a sequel to Black Panther with the circumstances that I know that have exist right now I would be doing it with exactly that I would be telling the Killmonger Killmonger's story yeah. simultaneous to what was Black Panther's story mm-hmm. and I think that that would be a, a way to just kind of write
1: around sure, sure. people would forget Chadwick Boseman's death for a little bit longer <laughs> alright y'all we're not at the end yet but nope. before we get to the end we have to talk about what if Thor were an only child?
0: Oh, man.
1: Who wants this child? I mean the best,
0: the best
2: universe where Thor's an only child?
0: That was so much fun. And, like, I th- there were some people who were like, that one was too happy or something. I, I literally saw people say, like, this isn't what I'm here for. And I'm like, why the fuck not?
2: Sometimes I need a dumb episode of Rick and Morty, guys. Shut the fuck up. Well, like- just
0: goofy-ass <laughs> Thor is good Thor. We learned this in Ragnarok. And... Yeah. Like him fighting, like straight faced Captain Marvel, while she goes, Okay, what the fuck is this now? Like, come, come on, that is just, that's wonderful. And the fact that he's doing it to party, like he's fucking Slurm McGee from Futurama. And, and it
2: works within the universe because we knew, in, if you go back and watch the first Thor movie, that's exactly how he was until him and Loki had enough uh, yep. not dick action to make them evolve as characters. Mm-hmm. Because. Party monster fucking Thor was party monster Thor. And that's what... I mean, if you read some of the mythology, that's exactly what he was. Mm-hmm. So, how He would show up be? to a planet and just destroy it with just, let's have a fucking party. Yeah. Some, some and then a dragon shows they,
1: up. Some people on the internet <laughs> mm-hmm. seem to think this is probably like the best episode.
0: I, I think it's pretty close. It's definitely... For me, was the most fun to watch. I, I had a yeah. like, like you said before, like a lot like the Chadwick Boseman one. Uh, uh, you know, where he was Star Lord. It was fun from start to end. I had a smile on my face the whole time. I laughed out loud several times. Yeah, um, yeah, it, w- it was great.
1: It okay. was great. So, of course, that episode ends with uh, Ultron showing up, who's in Vision's body and has all six Infinity Stones. Yeah. And that's a weird cut there because that was, if you didn't already know this was going to be going somewhere, like this was the episode that ended with, by the way, this is going somewhere.
0: Yeah, it's going somewhere big.
1: Yeah. So we're going to kind of do these last two together. So there is the what if Ultron won, mm-hmm. right? And that's him taking over the Vision's body and Thanos appears and he starts you know, taking control of the Infinity Gauntlet. This is
2: specific to the end of... Avengers 2. Yeah, uh, Civil, yes. War, or yes. Civil War. Uh, um, yeah, no, uh, no, it's, it's, no, it's pre Civil War would not Age of, of, Ultron. Age of, Ultron. It's Age of yes. Ultron. And yeah. Age of Ultron, instead of getting beaten up, wins yep. in Floating Island. Yep. Just to help explain if anybody was confused. Yeah. Yeah. So he
1: wins. Uh, he gets all the Infinity Gems uh, due to things that happen. And at the very end of it, um, we have the Watcher who's like doing the narration, has been doing the narration for this whole thing. And the episode ends with Ultron looking up and going, Wait, who are you? Yeah. And now, if you've definitely not been paying attention, the game has changed. Oh, we forgot to mention this
2: entire time, there's been a voiceover um, talking about the events of what's going on. I just assumed, Um, spoiler-wise,
1: everybody knew that. Called The Watcher. Well, if you you have
2: to spoil that there's a dude watching us, watching them, watching us, watching them. Right. Right. Called The the Watcher. So,
0: to decode that, (laughs) the show has a narrator called The Watcher, and he is positioned as the lore master of these stories. He's basically explaining to you in very small snippets what the difference is in what you're about to watch if you've been if you've already and he if, has if a you've very hard rule so far to never be involved right and that's the whole thing he is the watcher he does not interfere and they even establish this I think in a couple of the episodes mm-hmm. as they go on
3: he
2: looks at the world through a broken prism and all of the fractaled realities that expand from there yeah, it's the multiverse. are what he sees yes. if you had finished watching um, Loki uh, than where that broken reality of all the multiverse expanding upon itself. Mm-hmm. Um, this is literally the continuation of that. Yep.
1: So the last episode is what if the Watcher broke his oath? Mm-hmm. So now the Watcher has gone around to all of these different episodes that we have watched before and gets them all together, all these heroes together. Yep. Yeah. And they also uh, got this Gamora variant, who apparently killed Thanos in her universe. Mm-hmm. So she had the armor, she had the fucking weapon, and everything. Yep, gets them all together, and everybody you goes to take cool. on Ultron. And it's a weird thing. Like they, they, we get the the big victory. Like we take down Ultron. Um, it happens, and then there's kind of this weird. All right, so everybody's going to be returning their respective universes, except for. We have this scene where Natasha can't oh, go back to her. Natasha hers.
0: came from the zombie
1: universe. Right. Like, or no, she came from the Ultron universe. Oh, right? yeah, that's that, that it, the Ultron universe. universe. Okay. And I just remember she had know, nothing like, to go back to. We, we, yeah, we had nothing we to
2: Natasha go back to. Natasha Black Widow, which is dead in our universe, right. the, what yes. we call the yep. correct universe, mm-hmm. right. which would still be part of this thing, maybe. Um,
1: and then she gets dropped into the Captain Carter oh, that's universe. Right. Mm-hmm. right. She becomes like a partner. And a lot of people have suggested some undertones there. Of the the I Captain you, you universe would watch all of that, that, show. That, that, that. That's fan fiction, but a lot of fans are like are definitely on that I would, They're fictioning. Yeah. I would
2: I would like seven foot tall Haley Atwell to <laughs> come to do and, anything to, in real life. To just come and talk to me for a little <laughs> while. I, I actually have an outfit
0: I wanted to wear. It was uh, featured a Not lot since... in Resident Evil Eight. Um, <laughs> there you go. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, and then at the very end, we get these kind of like little mm. credit scenes where. Um, you know, both Agent, uh, Agent Carter and uh, Black Widow go and see the Hydra Stomper armor from the first episode. Yeah. And Steve Rogers is frozen inside. Um, and that's the end of What If? Because, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, we're not going to have us, give us more of that later
2: because right. it's... I mean, yes, I love the animation, but the, the the wonderful thing about this new style of creative drawing is we don't have to recreate that again. We can now continue those stories on without having to spend a million man hours designing them all and doing them again. Mm -hmm. They've found a way to do the Disney Mm -hmm. method to these character ideas. Where I'm okay with some of the voices that have changed, except for Tony Stark. He still sounds... He sounds more like a whiny bitch than he ever did. (laughs) Um, I fucking hate Tony Stark. He... Side tangent of that. Um, yes, no, the a- the animation has come so f- it become has become so unique that the continuation of the what if story is obvious at this point. Mm. That this wasn't a we're only doing this for one season to yeah. lead you into a thing. This is we're not announcing it, but there's going to be more of this. And because of the wave Loki and all this other shit's going on. Yeah. It probably will affect the movies to some degree. It
0: could, but like. It could, but like,
2: they're really good about making the movies also independent episodes of a larger story mm-hmm. that you don't necessarily need the whole of.
0: Right. A lot of people have compared the Marvel Cinematic Universe at this point to a really good, um, uh, you know, a television extended miniseries. Right. And, and they just keep adding to it a little bit here and there. Every couple of months, you get a new installation, a lot like comic books. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that you just get a new piece of the story, like three, maybe four times a year at the most, maybe only two or one in bad times. But, you know, you get you get a little bit more of the story every time and it all, co-he- you know, coheses into a universe. I... I don't need that from What If. I love What If just, like, breaking apart and doing its own thing. Mm. But I do want more. And to be fair, we could do this forever with a lot of interesting things.
1: All right, so so I'm going to come back to what you were just saying here. But uh, before we get into those those final questions, just uh, overall, just a couple sentences, what did you think about the series as a whole? Uh, we needed about half of it.
0: Okay. Nope, no, I, I loved it. Give me I more. loved it, but
1: yeah. I... I feel
2: like a lot of it didn't necessarily need to be there. And some of those stories just weren't as fun. I don't know. Like, if you were, some of the what ifs that I've read felt like truly one offs. Mm. But it felt like they don't know if they want those to. It, it, every ending felt like a oh, but we could continue it if we want to, instead of just right. being like, and this is where the fucking story ends because we're done. Mm-hmm. Which, and, which
1: I did have a little bit of a problem with myself because I was so yeah. used to what if stories in the comics being. The Those contained. were done, like
2: yeah, yeah. there were con- mm-hmm. there were self-contained stories. Mm-hmm. you did not leave going like, "Well, I wonder if Peter Parker's gonna sweep in and save him now mm-hmm. That wasn't a fucking thing because the story... The stories were contained, right, and that's it's, it, it, what I'm used to reading. It, it, because, and those
0: didn't yes. weren't in the show. And so well, yeah, when well, they were writing them for comic books, there was absolutely no. There was probably very, very little chance of you being able to continue your "what if." So you wrote an ending for it. Yeah, that's just not the case, right? No, now.
1: I understand. I understand. Like, yeah, so they don't, I, don't write endings for them. I'm they not. Do, I'm, I'm not mad. that it finally crossed over. I just don't know if going forward, I need every season to connect.
0: No, oh, yeah, no. It'd be great if they didn't. Honestly, yeah. if we had a different the, the arc connection, for every season, the that'd connection be
2: great. within the series I enjoyed because of the way I like the movies, mm-hmm. but the way I like the comic books and the way I liked what ifs was the this is a self-contained story, much like I you mentioned earlier with um not, not the one that you like, the other one. Um, serialized morality tales. Okay. Uh, yeah Outer the limits. Twilight Zone Outer Limits yeah Outer Limit. this was more, I want it more to be Outer Limits mm-hmm. where they are in, more individually off and if they are part of a larger tale they are chunked together because mm-hmm. Outer Limits had two and three episode arcs where yeah. those were three hour stories that you watched over three weeks but those were self-contained stories into themselves mm-hmm. and not overreaching into the larger universe it was just more time to tell an extended story yeah i like that they interwove these because the universe is expanding mm-hmm. but if i'm going to get more what ifs in the future i want them to be one-offs or part of a well this is what episode one two and three part of this right. story
0: yeah what i would really really like is for the seasons to be one-offs because we mm-hmm. don't need all of you know, all of phase one through three again in the next what if season. Mm. I want, I want I already to see, watched it. yeah. yeah. I, I want to see Shang-Chi, I want to see the Eternals, mm. you know. I want some, some what ifs from that. I want me, they, they didn't hit a lot of people. I want to see some Spider-Man if we can, mm. like, like a like, really good Spider-Man one. What if the Duck saved, but yeah? Marvel let's get universe. some Howard the Duck in there, let's get, uh, you know, so a lot he more guardians
2: in there. there. What uh, Howard the Duck was in two episodes, yep, he got and- in Darcy.
0: Let's get a whole episode that's just Sakar. <laughs> like, like, what if Sakar was a nice place without slavery, right? right. Like, like, yeah. You, yeah like, like, you, there's a lot of things we can do. Uh, let's just do more. What of all of if
2: that. Um, Disney had the rights to Hulk? <laughs> <laughs> that would
1: be a <laughs> wonderful episode what, where so, we could actually tell some really cool Hulk stories. So I know that we've kind of already been delving into this territory, but let's make it official. Like, what would you want out of a season two of What If? Just if you got, to, I want some if, Hulk. If you, if I honestly want it. If, is, if if you, I do just want some Hulk stuff. That'd yeah. be that'd be. I want Hulk some more. Stuff would be great. Um, I would. And some Howard the yeah, Duck would be cool. We I want them Arty to do
0: already. more. Um. More of the TV show characters in there. I want, you know, let's do a what if, but for, uh, you know, WandaVision.
1: Okay, I've got one. i got got one on that theory. Okay. Mm-hmm what if everybody actually took Hawkeye seriously? Yeah.
0: Yeah, let, let's do Yeah, what if for Hawkeye like, would just, be amazing? What if
2: everybody just thought, what, like, I mean, what if Hawkeye had a superpower, yeah. but we spend the entire episode trying to figure out what the fuck it was? Right,
0: and it turns out something, is like, he can grow his fingernails or something. Like he makes something really good coffee. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. the
2: only reason the Avengers ever worked is because he makes really good let's coffee. Let's get, like, a,
0: you know, a Falcon in the Winter Soldier would make a great what if. Mm. Um, you don't, all of that stuff, like, we can do so much with that we're about to get that we're about to get some she hulk before too long let's make a what if about that let's make a what if for mighty thor before we even get mighty thor let's see jane foster's thor you know in what if and then get the movie So, from what I understand,
1: originally, one of the episodes of What If was supposed to be Jane Foster's Thor, Mm -hmm. and then they're like, yeah, by the way, we're doing a movie, so you can't do that. Yeah, they
2: can. That was actually a story, guys. Yeah, they can.
0: (laughs) It would be really great, because you see it, and you're like, oh, I want that. Yeah, Yeah. let's do that. And then they actually make it, because, uh, yeah, I I just, I I feel like we need to, like, 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 like... you know, edge our way into Lady Thor with the There was also, Marble and man. nobody
2: knows what no. it is, but not uh, after the way they've been treating, especially the um, the changeover with Captain America. That was the hardest. That was the longest they're going to give a changeover was eight episodes to go. Guys, we're going to switch from a white guy to a black guy. So deal with it. Here's so, a, here's here's a series explaining so why, why we're doing why it. Why is eight
0: episodes and, less than one episode of What If?
2: <laughs> I just think that I think that we now can go. Let's just fucking do it. I mean, I would want the what if. You, you, but like, well, yeah,
0: but but you, you, I, I just hope, I, 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 I hope, hear I you hoping if I would. I, yeah, that, I'd never so, bank so, on the, uh, with your faith on Marvel.
1: Not not to <laughs> get like everybody like they're thinking about this, but yeah, from what I understand, uh, right. reading a bunch of interviews about <laughs> was what was if afterwards, um, there was one episode of what if that they obviously could not talk about mm-hmm. um, that that was pitched, and they were like, "Here's my idea for what if," and like somebody stepped in and goes. Right. So that you just described the plot of Guardians of the Galaxy 3, so we can't do
0: that. Oh, no. That's oh. hilarious. That's so, so funny. That That is an actual yeah. thing that happened.
1: We don't know what it is because they obviously can't talk about it. But, yeah, one, one pitch got be, shut yeah, down. Because- we're going to be at
0: Guardians 3 going like, oh, this would have been a great What If, but it's better this way because <laughs> Taika made it.
1: Right. So, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot to love about What If. I think for me personally, when it comes to a season two, I don't need it to be tied to season mm. one. I was going to say the one thing
2: that I went for the season 3 or season 2 mm. from this is even though I really did admire the animation process the entire time including having ridiculous thoughts about how I think they should have better titles that yeah, should so reflect I, their I, actual jobs um I kind of want them to go to other teams for some of the animation for some of the other stories maybe going on.
1: Like try different like visual style. For yeah.
2: yeah
0: one. So, so so because we all I, I don't know if I you guys the, have but we all watch the the the, the, the fucking anime Jedi. Right? No I have not.
2: I have not watched it. Yet. I've watched the anime. fucking killing the, me. Just the animatrix works for me and he's right. watched enough. So, he so, understands So, so the is. idea is yeah. like
0: and I agree with you. If we could make every episode a different style of animation but obviously keeping with a theme yeah. of how the characters look or how. So so in the, the, thing with, uh, the, the thing with the thing with the and I'm, I'm so sorry that I'm forgetting the title of this, but the the anime Jedi thing, that Star they Wars released, Visions, is it Star Wars Visions? Thank you. There was a singular look to basically how lightsabers worked and that was a cohesion through everything because there was okay. lightsabers and everything. Right. Um, and, like, no matter how crazy the animation got, the lightsabers, for the most part, had, had, had a very similar look. Mm-hmm. If we could do that for, like, the way the characters are designed but have a different style of animation for every episode, I would love that. I think that would be amazing. See, I,
2: I I like the... with They can tell stories very quickly with the animation the way they have created it now. The voices are just... Stop gaps of things. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to fill the mouth and everything. You can animate 99% of everything mm-hmm. without having an actor or anything yeah. else going on. So, we don't need to wait on those things. We don't. But it's stuck into one style. And I liked, again, I like the style that they came style. across with this, but I just kind of want to see some other teams play in that world. Not necessarily every episode has to be done by a different animation studio. Right. What I'm saying is, like, give it um, specific stories out that want to be told by these studios. Mm -hmm. Maybe make a what if, what if, whatever (laughs) (laughs) variants. I don't know, but I just want to see some animation companies from across the world working on this instead of just everything looking like Shitty Disney princesses. And the, ul- and the ultimate thing that we <laughs> haven't discussed here is is that
1: if you actually did, and this is probably more investment than they want to make on this, if you actually say you had nine episodes that all had different a- animation styles, the final episode you could do Into the Spider Verse.
0: Yeah, you could. Where
1: you had, yes, everybody ties in together, but guess what? Those animation styles, they're they all going to yeah, be there's, here. There's a way to make all of it work together. And there's
2: so many fun ways to play with that idea. And you see that within the comic book inter- industry itself, whenever you have artists and writers come across and mix and match worlds. Yep. And we've gotten there as a society that understands the way stories work. Look at We Just Fucking Watched What If, which was a bunch of made-up stories about things that we already understood enough of to where we could fuck with it. Yep. All right, like, we've moved, so we, we understand, en- like, we don't have to have... The death of the the Waynes again is great. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right, we got to wrap this whole thing up. We've been running it a little bit long. Uh, we need for the entire table <clears throat> final thoughts about what if. Got. Just a gut, go with your gut.
0: Easy final thought bit. Season two when? <laughs> that, that's <laughs> all I got. Tony, final thoughts.
2: Some episodes are better than the others. I don't have a list in front of me. Um, some you can watch in the background. Some I highly suggest paying attention to. Honestly. It's just good animation that is coming out, and spend the time actually looking at what people are creating, mm-hmm. and see that the care that people are put into this, like it is in there. And it really is. There's a lot of love. Oh, yeah, and a lot of love in there. I, I I did overall enjoy the entire thing, and I hope that we do get a season two, but not necessarily very soon because. I feel like we're going to have like a like a whole like phase five before (laughs) we're going to get one. (laughs) That's
0: very possible.
1: I loved everything about what if, um, even the episodes that I didn't like love, love. I still loved. Mm -hmm. Um, there was definitely, there were hits and misses for me. I'm not the guy that's just like, everything's positive. Everything's great. Like there was definitely some like misses in there that I was like, "Eh, I don't know about that. But because I read the, what if comics growing up, the comics were the same way they were Mm -hmm. hit or miss. Um, I do have to say that, and I know they said this mostly before. Miss, they mostly nice.
2: That's the one thing mm-hmm. they got pretty much kind of right. Is mo- like for a lot of people, that didn't episodes didn't land. Some of and these, it was like, uh, uh, if you ever writing those comics? They kind of shit.
1: Yeah, they're. This one had an overarching plot line, which was cool. Sometimes (laughs) it's, what if Peter Parker became the Punisher? Sometimes it's like, what if Jean Grey went to the taco truck? Uh, Like, that's how what if worked in the comics back. That's not even a euphemism, is it? (laughs) So that's probably not a fun episode. (laughs) No, it is not a euphemism. (laughs) Um, So there were definitely hits. There were definitely misses. I feel like as, as a whole... Um, It was a very bold experiment. My final takeaway is that I very much enjoyed it. And there is a part of my brain that I really want to see what this other Avengers would be like. But at the same time, I also just want the next season of What If to be its own unique thing. And don't feel like we have to tie it down to doing a grand story every time. Yeah, That's just where we're at. All right. We've had a lot of thoughts about What If. If you have any thoughts about What If or any questions, comments, concerns about any of the things that we have talked about today, Tony, where can they find us?
2: That's info at goodnight.gg. You can send an email there. Uh, you can head over to goodnight.gg, which will redirect you to the Patreon page, where you can uh, just you know, subscribe for free, or if you'd like to donate to whatever level uh, you feel economically uh, involved it's okay time right with. Now. We get it. Um, that'd be cool, too. And sometimes we do special stuff over there. That we can't talk about on this show because it's on the special show mm. that sometimes we make. We'll talk to you more on those episodes. <laughs> um, you can head over to... Uh, it's not a head over to, but there's um, uh, facebook.com slash GNGGcast. So that's that's Facebook stuff. At GNGGcast is uh, Twitter...
1: I'm, I'm always on that, and
2: we're that, that's a little, it's that's pretty much the end at this point. I all like, right, that's everything
1: we have for the show this week. Thank on. you for tuning in. Thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for listening to us to us do another gushing episode about something Marvel related. Guess what, guys? We love to do it. It's mm-hmm. so much fun. We like to gush uh, all we over. We like you to gush the, about our
0: favorite thing. We are going to watch the Eternals
1: this week, but we are not going to be talking about it next week. We're going to give it a few weeks so everybody has a chance to go see it. But we do have our tickets. I'm super excited. It's oh, your, yeah. be your Hector birthday. Hector is yeah, it's for
0: my birthday. Yeah, we're going to go see the Eternals for Hector's birthday.
1: Hector is the wonderful being of
0: knowing uh, I, when to I, check his fucking email. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm the movie ticket fairy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's everything
1: we have for the show this week. This is 419 in the books. Next episode is going to be 420 y'all. But until then, until next time, 420 this James. Poor James. This is Tony. And I'm Hector. Everyone good night and good game.